welcome back. You are listening to episode 6 of Double Hop Beat, bi-weekly podcast taking the pulse of beer in the home brewing scene. I'm James, home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer novice, and I like the taste of beer. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. In case you missed our last episode, we had Sarah from Flora Brewing, and we talked about creativity and beer. So if you haven't caught up, catch up and continue listening. This week, we will be discussing brewing sustainability at home, how breweries champion sustainability, and climate changes impact on brewing ingredients. But first, we'll get an update of our homebrew adventures. James? So we're really excited. We just added our toasted coconut to our endgame porter, so it should be ready in about 14 days. So we're excited about that. I also just got a Blickman beer gun, so we'll be able to bottle... Um, hopefully a lot quicker than we have in the past. So interested to try that out, and we'll let you know how that goes. I can't believe that a beer gun is a thing that someone would buy. <laughs> of course. It's it's something that uh, will hopefully cut down the bottling time, and it's just another gadget that's fun to have. It's another gadget for my house. And it also, I was picturing like a Nerf gun or a water gun that you put beer in and then you just squirt people with beer but That'd I guess be that's awesome. not what it was for <laughs> and then Shane, do you want to tell us about what we did the other day sure so we went and checked out Percival Brewing in Norwood Massachusetts um, we went there just to you know get a different different scene try something new um, it, it was great we loved it uh, we had a chance to talk with both the bartenders that were working that night um, Kelly and Nick, and we also sat and chatted with Phil, the owner, for a while. Um, he independently owns the brewery, so it's just him. There's no investors or anything like that, so they're able to really do what they want and have a lot of control over their brewery experience um, and the beers that they produce. So we uh, both tried a couple of beers. I had the Yob Pilsner, and James had, was it the Space Saver? Yeah, their New England IPA, which is called the Space Saver. And then I also got a growler to go of the Dot Ale, which is their American Pale Ale. So can't wait to pop that puppy open and uh, have that a t- give that a taste. Yeah, and one of the cool things about their uh, brewery is that they also into incorporate uh, coffee into their beers. And also just you can buy it there. It's the roasted by them. Nick, the one of the bartenders, has actually been with Phil since the very beginning almost. Um, and he was a home roaster, so not a home brewer, but a home roaster of coffee. Uh, and then he joined Phil, and so they're going to bring some some coffee into this, their brewery. They've got a cool lounge area kind of behind the bar with some books that you can read and take out if you want to. So they're going to be opening up a little coffee bar lounge back there as well, um, which Kelly told us about. It sounds really cool. I mean, I'm, we're so, I'm so glad we checked it out, and it was actually based on someone else's recommendation that I've stopped in there once and said hey you got to check this place out and so glad we did it's really an amazing place Um, and they're really all about bringing the community together and that's what's great about these craft breweries and especially independently owned craft breweries Um, there's a lot of breweries that are opening up everywhere in your community Um, it's always good to take that extra step and and really see who's actually independently owned because they're the ones who really are trying to help the community and also give you guys something that you can really have fun and look forward to. Yeah, so it was a really great time. We had we had fun, great chatting with uh, the staff. And the, also one of the really cool things 
um, that I just remembered that they do is they feature local artists as well. So they have a wall of art and it changes out periodically so you can go and see art and drink beer and they've got a dartboard. Uh, I believe there's a new art exhibit coming up at the end of June that everyone should check out. Um, so it's just got a really cool vibe. There was big garage doors open. The bar is handmade. Um, it, it was just, just it was just so much fun and they're dog friendly too. So our previous episode we had talked about dog friendly breweries. They are one of those dog friendly breweries. So if you have a dog, bring them. Um, and they're also going to be offering a course at the brewery on how to make sure your dog is behaved um, at the brewery, mm-hmm. which I think is a really neat and cool thing for owners to actually get to experience and something we talked about, about being responsible when you have a pet and bringing them to the brewery. And um, so that's really cool that they have that in mind. Yeah, should be really good and a great experience and a great educational opportunity for people with dogs and people who want to bring their dogs to breweries. And then coming along with our theme uh, for this week is that they also repurpose their grounds, the spent grounds from their coffee um, into body scrubs. So Kelly gave me some of that. So I'm excited to try it out, see how it works. And you can check them out on Instagram at Percival Brewing. And uh, yeah, take a look at what they got going on. Um, Make sure you stop by and have a pint. For sure. Okay, so today's main topic for discussion is how breweries are environmentally conscious um, in terms of reusing, recycling, using environmentally friendly methods of powering um, their breweries and things like that. Um, So why are breweries trying to be more environmentally sustainable? And I think it comes along with just the movement that's going on in the world right now is trying to save the earth and recognizing that the past, you know, couple, maybe just the past hundred years hasn't been so kind on the environment and all of the emissions and everything that humans are putting back into the to the ozone and the atmosphere so i think breweries because a lot of people who own breweries have they're a little bit more down to earth i'd say a little bit more aware of of what's going on um so they're really trying to do their part to save save the planet i think it's also that you know the thing that's great about craft breweries and especially the independently owned ones is it's not just about the dollar bill so a lot of other companies or businesses your bottom line is just your profits and really it before it wasn't it's not really financially beneficial to a company to be environmentally friendly it costs them more but it's something that craft breweries now are really trying to spearhead and get ahead of that and really do something great as we rely on the ingredients. So we take that for advantage every day, especially as home brewers. I think we kind of need to take a step back and, you know, most people can't just go to a, their local homebrew shop or make click, do a couple clicks online and get your ingredients. You really have to uh, think about the farmers and the maltsters and the people growing the hops and and just how great and how much work goes into actually making the quality ingredients that we come to love in a craft beer. So I think that's one of the important things. And it's also a way for them to help the environment while also feeling good about their product. For example, Mm -hmm. um, using solar and wind energy, um, also finding alternatives to fuel transport vehicles. Um, That's sometimes something as simple as making a couple phone calls and and getting some sponsors and getting transport vehicles that may not 
be the most flashy or the fastest, but they'll get the ingredients where they need to go. So they also, a lot of breweries are recycling their materials and reusing things such as bottles. I know we talked um, or mentioned with Sarah last week about, you know, saving your bottles and reusing them when you're a home brewer, but some, you know, using recycled materials is a great way to start becoming sustainable and um, really backing up those practices. And I think that the spent grains is also a great way for breweries to give back and kind of start the, keep the life cycle of the grains going, um, put it back into, you know, into farmers and going, I know a lot of farmers take it for their pigs and actually we donate our um, spent grains to some of our friends that have pigs. So we feed their, their girls free, free. They, they love they love it it's it's really great as and as long as we get it to them right after we brew uh it's fine otherwise the spent greens for you home brewers uh can attest if you leave it sitting around in a bag it will attract flies and it does smell really really bad yeah, so just make sure you <laughs> donate those spent greens right away um and i also something cool i saw is a lot of people are now are turning the green bags themselves into bags and purses and it's really like you said shan it's they're reusing something that people would normally just throw away and make it something fashionable or something cool uh, to reuse so just another another way you can reuse your green bag so let's go over some brewery examples of sustainability programs so let's start in massachusetts and we'll kind of work our way around uh well craft roots brewing in milford massachusetts uh, they also donate their spent grains to local farmers, which is amazing. <laughs> and they're also very selective on bottling, and they m- really focus on just kegging um, for on-site consumption. And a lot of customers will say, you know, why aren't you bottling? Why aren't you canning? And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it takes a lot of resources to bottle and the transportation costs to get the bottles where they need to go. Um, so just providing kegs it's a reusable system um, you're not throwing away kegs you're just constantly refilling reusing cleaning refilling um, so that's a couple of the ways they um, are sustainable we'll go to uh, Colorado uh, there's a couple of different examples we have yeah so out in Colorado um, which is close to where we have family the new Belgian brewing uh, they use wastewater through panels to generate electricity so almost like a water wheel um, type thing going back to the roots of how things used to be powered using that water to give them the electricity for their operations. And then also Odell Brewing, um, 5% of the overall power demand uh, powered by 11,000 square feet solar panels. Also wind power from electric suppliers does the rest. Um, It's free public electric charging stations in the parking lot. So if you got a rechargeable car, I'm Charge assuming it's it for your car and not for your like cell phone or something like that. <laughs> yeah, not, I don't know. I'm sure cell phones would require a lot less uh, power to charge, but yeah. Um, Magic Hat in Vermont also um, uses the cold winter weather. So in Vermont, uh, their seasons are a lot colder. So they use their winter air to supplement their coolers. So that's another way they're cutting down on their energy consumption is just by using the natural environment around them to try and make it in their advantage. Um, Sierra Nevada in California, approximately 20% of their energy needs are covered by solar, 
and 40% by hydrogen fuel cells. So I thought that was really cool. That is pretty cool. And then lastly, uh, Allagash Brewing in Maine uses motion-censored LED lights uh, to help conserve energy and cut down on electricity. And there's so many more craft breweries out there that are doing sustainability. And even the ones we mentioned have so much more elements to their sustainability programs. Um, These were just a couple highlights that we thought really showcased the variety of what you can really have when you are talking sustainability and brewing and also in your facility itself. Yeah, and I, th- I know um, like local breweries near us, a lot of them are actually growing their own hops as well. So that's almost a way to, you know, cut down on some of that back and forth or, you know, cutting out the middleman, the supplier that's going to be using up more fuel and, and those emissions from the trucks and the diesel that we talked about. Um, so they have hops right on site. I know the Start Line Brewing in Hopkinton has, you know, the hop farm. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And they're growing their hops. Um, so that's another way that some breweries are able to incorporate those practices. I know not every location or every brewery can because it can get expensive, as you mentioned. So it's really looking at what little things you can do, even if it is just donating your grains or looking at alternative sources of power or, you know, looking into the recyclability of your products and just reusing things when possible. So it's not not a possibility for all the breweries out there, but I think it's definitely growing in popularity. And as a home brewer, um, for those who follow us on Instagram, uh, we recently posted that we just started growing our own hops. So we rescued the hops from my mother. Um, <laughs> I don't know what she's doing with them in the first she place. She had but. gotten them... Uh, about a year ago and she forgot she had it and she had planted it um, in the backyard and it just started growing like like wild all the over her trellis so I kind of was like oh what what do you have over there by that trellis she's like oh it's this hop plant I meant to uh, give it to you a year ago so uh, I made sure I took it off her hands and it's now nice replanted in our uh, backyard and it's just one small way that we can hopefully get some hop production, some hop cones. It's Cascade Hops, so they do very well in the New England climate. Um, so we'll see. We'll have to keep you guys posted on that, and hopefully we can use it in one of our upcoming home brews. Yeah, obviously it won't be enough to use in the whole batch, but at least adding some of our own would be pretty cool to say, hey, we grew this. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, my expectations are very realistic that maybe we'll probably not even get production this year, um, but it's just the fact that you're tr- we're trying to make it so we don't have to go out and buy ingredients or cut down the transport costs of those trucks that have to transport all those little bags of hops and everything else that we need as home brewers um, and really do our part as little as it seems. Yeah, so also one thing to think about for um, just brewing in general and the environment is that breweries can be impacted by the climate change as you mentioned earlier you know just those farmers and getting the produce and the the product Um, so three of the five main ingredients hops barley yeast well I guess yeast isn't grown but um, definitely hops and barley are affected by climate change because depending on where they're coming from there could have been a drought or even which people don't realize is still climate change is too much rain that could destroy the crops Um, so they're definitely impacted in that you know, when the supply goes down, the prices are going to rise because the demand is higher and um, it could really drive up the prices and affect breweries and getting their 
their product that they need to make and it could in turn increase the pricing of beer which nobody wants because nobody really wants to pay a bunch of money for beer but um, it really can affect it has overreaching you know effects on breweries and you might not think that it does but and uh, hop shortages too is the main thing that some of your favorite beers might not be on tap for a while just because they can't get their hands on some of the hops just because of shortages I know Citra hops right now are really popular, and there has been shortages in Citra hops recently. Um, and it really is affecting what craft brewers can make. Um, and it's unfortunate because a lot of people, you know, they count on the, that single beer. They might just like one single beer from a craft brewer, which is totally fine. But they might have to go a different direction if they don't have the hops to actually produce that recipe. Yeah, so hop, you know, the warming temperatures can destroy the hop plants and decrease hop production so that's definitely a concern and people might not realize that you know hops come from all over the world not just in your region or you know people get them from Germany and and all places in Europe too so it's not just what's happening in the United States it's what's happening all across the world so um, things like groundwater sort short I can't talk today groundwater shortages shortages <laughs> um you know, can really affect plants as well. So and that just reminds me of something Phil from um, Percival Brewing was t- telling us about was just the price of a pint. Um, his prices were so low. I was like, $5. I'm like, that's, in- that's incredible to have how creative of beers and the ingredients, especially in the New England IPA, which is a very hop forward um, brew style that it's very expensive to get those quality hops and the ingredients to make a really unique beer that they had over there. And he just didn't want to raise prices just because he didn't want us to pay him. And I love that. It was just, you know, he's not about making money. He just wants to create and experiment and make good beer. And I think that's commendable. And most craft breweries out there feel the same way. So if they do have to raise the prices, it's not because they want to, trust me. It's just so they can keep doing what they're doing and Mm -hmm. keep experimenting and bring you guys the best quality beer that you could possibly want to drink. Agreed. I appreciate it as well. Okay, so what ways can home brewers really change what they're doing to become more environmentally friendly, James? So uh, one thing that I started doing probably my third batch in was really just reusing my wastewater. So that's um, after adding and cooling um, my my wart down to temperature where I could actually transfer it to my fermentation tank. Um, it would require a lot of water to go through my um, copper coils that I had to bring it to temperature where I could pitch my yeast. So before, I was just letting that water go right down the drain. And boy, was that a waste. Because it pretty much collects just as much water, about five gallons in a five-gallon brew of just wastewater that was just going down the drain. So that was just too wasteful. So now what I've been doing is that I've been collecting that water and just reusing it to then clean my equipment afterwards. And then the water that I don't add the chemicals to, I then add to water our plants in our gardens. So that's just one simple way that as a home brewer, you can just direct that water somewhere where it could be put to use. Yep. And another way that we've mentioned a couple of times is to donate the spent grains to the local farmers. Or if, like us, you know someone who has animals who can eat the food, uh, the grains, you can definitely 
you know, look into that. I'm sure there's, I mean, well, maybe if you live in a city, there's not a lot of options in terms of farmers, but um, there, I'm sure there's places that will take it just um, to use. And you can also make dog treats out of those spent grains, which uh, I tried to make granola bars once. It didn't turn out that great. I, th- I think <laughs> we just need to add a little bit more peanut butter and for humans, add a little more chocolate chips to it. And I think it would have been fine. Or maybe some honey in there would be great. Um, there are a lot of great recipes for um, spent grain dog treats as well as um, for us humans. Well, my granola didn't come out great because I missed the step that said you needed to bake the granola first to extract all of the water. Ooh. So I just made it with like lukewarm, soggy grains. So that's why it did not come out that Doesn't great. Doesn't that just sound delicious? It sounded I'm going to so make you good. some bars of soggy grains. Mm, mm. Mm, mm. That's my new brand, Soggy Grains. Soggy Grains, brought to you by Shannon. <laughs> and then another idea is to reuse your bottle. So if you're going to be dispersing your beer in bottles um, to fa- family and friends, just ask if they return them. And then you can just sanitize them and use them for the next batch. And uh, another interesting thing that you can do for all you homebrewers out there that really love those craft beers that we were talking about art in another episode and can art. And if you really do like um, your cans, you can reuse them. Um, Sarah mentioned a great idea of putting succulents in them, or you can even plant um, anything from flowers to a couple vegetables even. Yeah, or use them as uh, vases too. I know for we threw James's dad a surprise party i won't say for which birthday because i don't want to call him out on how old he is but uh we took his favorite beer is Coors light yes i know all of you who love craft beer might be ugh, Coors light uh but we took all of the empty Coors light bottles and i made them into centerpieces and put some flowers in uh just decorations so and another way as home brewer that you can really save uh, on electricity is just by brewing during daylight And for those who are using propane outside, you know the importance of trying to get it all in before it gets dark. So good job of just using the natural sun to um, provide your light. So those are some ways that you can help out as a home brewer with sustainability and reducing your environmental impact. Um, James, I'm going to spring a hop culture on you. Uh, Great. surprises (laughs) um well so one of our favorite shows big bang theory ended so totally sad about that yes he was very upset that the whole world wasn't watching and that it wasn't as big as seinfeld so (laughs) um so i would like you to tell me if sheldon cooper was a beer what kind of beer would he be Ooh, that that's a really tough tough because he doesn't drink alcohol question he doesn't drink alcohol but then when he finally does drink alcohol, he kind of goes wild. Like, he just, like, yeah. started, like, pl- playing the keyboard, like, singing at a bar. He started, I don't even know what else he did. He did some really funny things. But that was just because he thought it was iced tea, so, in his defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say he would probably be a, hmm... I'd probably say he'd be on the cusp between a sour or a fruit blonde ale with something, some obscure ingredient that no one's ever heard of that's just something like, 
I don't know, guava or... <laughs> I mean, people have heard of guava, but yeah. something that's not usually used in a beer, I think it would be something just like wild, something like, like crazy. Like Earl Grey tea. Yeah, like Grey tea <laughs> or like using rose petals, like a rose petal blonde ale or something. I don't know if that would actually do <laughs> anything. Probably not, but he'd have to... He'd, he'd come up with something that's just so unique that people would probably hate it and you'd have a couple people that would really really enjoy it i feel like it'd be called zazzles zazzles oh that's a good one <laughs> or bazinga true yeah bazinga is a bazinga. good one <laughs> okay well thanks for humoring me james i appreciate it i mean we needed some humor in this episode <laughs> so <laughs> i'm hilarious i don't know about you you're ridiculous i am ridiculous ridiculous Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today, right, James? Yeah, I'd say so. And we want to wish all of you a happy Memorial Day. And we want to thank especially our veterans uh, for their service. Uh, We greatly appreciate your service and what you do for this country. So thank you. You, I know you guys don't want thanks, but you really do deserve it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we want to say thank you from Double Hop Beat. And if you are a veteran um, and you reach out to another veteran in need um that's wonderful and we really do um think that's just a great idea to help your fellow veterans and for those of you who see a veteran uh, please thank them for their service and honor them yeah i think also you know families of veterans and people who have spouses brothers sisters husbands uh dads mothers in the military also you know deserve to be honored and and thanked because they also put in a lot of work that people don't think about um they're the ones at home when their loved ones are deployed overseas and they have a lot that they deal with that you know sometimes goes unseen so just wanted to say thank you as well for supporting their servicemen yeah and a shout out to our new international listeners woohoo yeah we've got an international baby and all of our new listeners we appreciate you and uh thanks so much for following us on instagram and if you have any friends that you think would be interested in an episode feel free to just tag them in an episode we'd love to see that and feel free to direct message us your homebrewing stories your brewery fails or experiences some macgyver ideas we will be doing an episode with a special guest on macgyver at homebrewing so be sure to tune in for that episode and as well if you have any brewery encounters you'd like to tell us about and we may even read it on the show well we probably will we we'll probably know, will. i don't know about the bay part we probably will <laughs> there's a 99 percent chance it will be read Uh, So don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And we are also on, it's now called Google Podcasts, not Google Play anymore. It's Google Podcasts. And I got it downloaded for my parents so they can listen to us. Um, So if you've got a parent that wants to listen to. So is is Google Play still a thing or now it's just Google Google Play? Yeah, Google Play is still a thing. It's just like that's their, um, more like their Apple, like their Apple store, like how Apple has the app store. Now Google Play is like their app store specifically. So you can download the Google podcast app from Google Play, but then Google Podcast is a new. Yeah. Man, that so. is awesome. And final shout out. Thank you so much, Phil, Kelly, and Nick for really rocking yeah. it at Percival Brewing in Norwood. You're doing a great thing and uh, keep it up and we'll be sure to uh, come by again. Catch you on the brew side. And we are Double Double Hop Beat. Beat.